This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Coming to you from the crossroads of industry knowledge and business innovation, this is the Weekly Blitz, hosted by me, Coach Chris Cotton, from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching. The Weekly Blitz is a show that supercharges your auto repair business knowledge, helping you navigate the labyrinth of the automotive world, giving you the tools and the tips you need to steer your business to success. Each week, we deliver an episode jam-packed with insider know-how, industry developments, practical business strategies, and surprising things you didn't know you didn't know. The Weekly Blitz is brought to you by my great friends, Brian and Kim Walker over at Shop Marketing Pros. If you want to take your shop to the next level, you need great marketing. Their work looks professional and gets results because let's face it, this is an amateur hour, folks. Stop trusting the livelihood of your family and your employees to marketing amateurs and start with the true professionals in the industry. Shop Marketing Pros does top-tier marketing for top-tier shops. Learn more at shopmarketingpros.com forward slash Chris. So, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining in. We're episode 131. I don't know what we're going to call this episode yet. But we brought Coach Brent in today to talk a little bit about one of his shops, how they're progressing, what he thought in the beginning. We're just going to talk this through and see. We're having a tremendous amount of requests for more of the case studies and things like that. So we wanted to bring this case study to you. We're not going to name names. We're going to withhold names to protect the innocent. But this is a shop that's in the Midwest. We can even say Kansas if we want to. Town of... Less than 9,000 people, I think, if I'm correct. If they can do it there, you can do wherever you're at as well. Thanks, Brent, for taking time today. How's everything going? It's going well, Chris. Thanks for having me. This will be an interesting discussion. This is one of my favorite shops that I've been working with since the beginning. And you've been doing a great job with all your shops. I see everything you do. We talk about it and everything. So let's get right in. So I know you've prepared like four things that you've been working with them on. And we can talk about some successes, but to go ahead with number one there. Yeah. So one of the things that's really been a struggle with this shop from the very beginning is the build hours. This is a shop that pays their technicians by the hour. So no flat rate, anything like that. So we started off and our build hours, they were just low. And the owner didn't know why. And so we just started diving into it. One of the things that we decided to do was actually record these hours and put them on a whiteboard out in the shop for the technicians to see. And we got a really good response, actually, from the technicians. We weren't trying to degrade the technicians by any means or anything like that. But what we found out was the technicians didn't really know what they were producing. And so then once they figured out what they were producing, they actually came to the owner. One of them did and said, wow, I'm not doing a very good job for you. (laughs) That's the realization, right? Like when you show technicians what's going on, that's why we talk about it all the time. Go ahead. Yeah. He said, you're paying me for eight, nine hours a day here and I'm only producing three. And so it was a good realization for the technicians, for the shop owner, everybody then got on the same page. And it's a slow progression with this. It's not anything. We don't have a silver bullet to figure this out in one week, two weeks, three weeks. It's a little bit of a process. We implemented different pay structures, those kind of things to help boost that up. And it is slowly moving its way up. We have a goal. For all you shops out there that don't have a goal on build hours, you need to come up with one. If you don't have one, you don't know what you're shooting for. 
So we got to have those goals. We got to have them set. We got to have everybody on the same page. We got to have team meetings to discuss those things. If we're not doing those things, we are doing a disservice to our business, doing a disservice to our customers and to our employees. We've all got to get on the same page on that. I didn't figure this before we got on air, but I knew I wanted to. So just to give you an idea and then give the listeners the idea, we talked about this 9x return on investment number. And so I just did the numbers real quick while you were talking and we're at 8.8 ROI. So every dollar they spend with us, we're returning them $8.8 or $8.80. So that's an amazing job that you've done with them so far. And really we're in the infancy. I think we're about six months in with this shop, maybe a little Uh, more. February is when they came on board. Okay. So really doing some great things with them so far. So the build hours was something that you saw right away that we need to improve on. Where did that come from? Is it, did you just look at, was that from the profit gateway or where did you come up with that or find that number to attack? Yeah, it was from the profit gateway, of course. So once the shop gets in our system and they start inputting their numbers, then we track these numbers, these build hours. There's a lot of metrics that we track every single week ask the owner to put these numbers in for us and coach him along how to find these numbers throughout his P&L, throughout his POS system, whatever he's using to get those numbers. And then once we have them, we're tracking them on a weekly basis. We can track them on a daily if they want to put it in every day. But typically all my clients, I ask them to put them in weekly so we can have a good conversation because I speak to them once a week. We have something to talk about right away there. Let's, why are our build hours down for this week? Did we have three engine jobs? If we had three engine jobs and we only got one of those out, yeah, our build hours are going to be gone down for this week, but next week we should recover. So the Profit Gateway is a great tool for us to monitor and keep track of. I can't even remember how many metrics that we're measuring in the Profit Gateway, but it's quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's like a smaller amount because I've seen some where they track 60 or 80. We keep about 25 that we track hard and heavy in our profit gateway, which I think is enough. If you go in and you dig into those numbers and you look at it, we're trying to get people from, oh my gosh, what have I done to, okay, how do I take my business to the next level? This is not like a PhD part of it. But anyway, so what are some of the other things you've been working with them on? So we started, and this is just a, been done in the last couple of weeks, we started working on internet presence with this business. The business has been around for probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 years. There was a previous owner and now the current owner, and he's owned it for several years, but it had no internet presence. Just basically the generic, I'm on Google Maps. Here's my phone number on Google Maps. No website, no Facebook attachment to nothing like that. We had to get some other things figured out first before we started attacking this. And just as of last week, the client has signed up with a website company. We got that in process. We've started going through his maps listing, taking out old photos, adding new photos, those kind of things to just update the business and got him to jump on Facebook. He's not that guy. Right. So that's okay. But now we're making slow progress in that area. Eventually, we hope to start doing some marketing. Right now, we're not. But his business is still growing. We got to get at least get our presence out there on the internet, make it easier for our customers to find us, make it easier for them to read about us. They, this, this owner does a great 
deal once a year. He brings his whole community in for a breakfast. I remember that, like hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah, it's a big deal. And besides, you know, word of mouth, he wasn't really promoting that and showing what he does for the community and how he participates in community events and how he supports the community. And most owners don't. Like, owners are great people. They're I've been in the industry for 30 years. They're salt of the earth type of people, but they don't go out and bang their own drum. They don't talk about the great things that they do in the community. And I think I did the same thing. Like I used to not tell anybody about all the other, the stuff that we did, but really if you're not going to do it for yourself, if you're not your own soldier for your own business, then nobody else's your community ties. Maybe somebody out there struggling and they don't know where to go. So maybe they come to you. And I think that's amazing. The other thing is our process is in the beginning, we get a shop. We try to fix the broken fundamentals that they have first because we don't want to start shoving more clients down their throat if they need to, to double their average repair order or go from QuickBooks to a point of sale system or all these things. And then we help them do the quick and easy stuff as far as the marketing. And then we turn them over to somebody else that specializes in the marketing for anybody that listens. That's our process. but Right. And that's where we will get eventually with this client. He's very open to moving forward. That's why he came to us. He was a struggling portion of his business whenever he signed on with us. He's, man, I feel like I should be making a lot more money than what I am, right? And again, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. So it's like that. And then so also for anybody that's listening, this is a smaller shop, three technicians. They have a part-time service advisor kind of, it flips back and forth, but I think the owner writes more service than anybody else. This is a smaller shop. They're doing really good. Yeah. Currently right now we have at this shop, we have three technicians. One technician will jump up and do some service advising at times. The owner is a mainly a service advisor, but he will wrench. He's a highly skilled technician. And then we have a person that we would call office manager. She does, oh, a whole plethora of things from or doing parts receiving to doing payroll to doing HR. So it's a small shop. And I know there's a ton of small shops that listen to this podcast. You guys aren't doing it wrong when you have a small shop. You just have a lot more jobs to do yourself. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a big difference between a shop with four and five employees and then a shop with 10 or 12. Dynamics are completely different. But we grow a lot of shops from the four to five level to the 10 level and whatever. And then you have a great shop that does fabulous numbers with a smaller footprint. It's just amazing. So what else are you working on with him? Or So one of the big things that this is something I want to touch on because this is in a rural area, very small population, lots of old farmers and farms and stuff like that that happens in this community. And when we first started, this company's accounts receivable was crazy. It was crazy. We were running around 40K a month in accounts receivable. And it was just something we had to get a handle on because the owner and he's worried about his income. His wife had concerns about his income and stuff like that. And we're, when I'm breaking it down, I'm going, you know what? If we just get these people that owe us the money to pay, we're going to be setting pretty good. Yeah. So over since February, we've been working on this. I didn't jump into it in February. We probably jumped into it in March. And since March, we changed our policy. 
which was a big deal. We sent letters out to all of our customers that we used to allow to charge. And we just told them, we're just not going to do that anymore. We gave them about 30 days to get everything straightened out. And then we just told them, we're just not going to allow this anymore. And so our accounts receivable has come down from around somewhere in between 30 and 40K to now we're running an average of about 10, which is our, the majority of that are local fleets. They're not individuals. So a little bit different than having individuals that were allowed to charge. That's amazing to be able to pull. Actually, to get that collected, one thing is amazing because there's, I don't remember the numbers on it, but once you get past 30 days and you get into 45 days, it's like the chances of you collecting after 45 days drop in half. And then once you get to 90 days past due, that drops in half again. I've talked about it countless times, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But when we had our shop, we had over $100,000 in accounts receivable and had to write it all lost due to bankruptcy stuff. And like the government changed the bankruptcy rules. And so I got 38 notices in one day of all these companies that were going bankrupt and just basically had to write that off. But the bright spot in all this is, and my shop was in a small town in rural Oklahoma. The bright spot is if you're out there and you're thinking you can't change your policy or procedure or you're scared to do that, it can be done. We do it. Brent's just done it. You're not a bank for crying out loud. Banks aren't even lending money right now, right? Like you can't go to bank and get a loan for anything. And if you're carrying these people at, I know what happens in shops, right? Like they charge 2% finance fee. And then at the end of the month, when the customer complains, they take that off. And now you can't even get a home loan for less than 8%. So you need to clean that up because you never know. And it will hurt you. A lot of time what we see is people are making profits, but they don't have cash. And it's because it's tied up in accounts receivable. Right. It kills your cash flow in your business. The other thing that for you guys, shop owners that are out there that are doing this right now, one thing to keep in mind. So I used to do it a long time ago at my shop. It was a long time ago. My wife convinced me one night. She told me, she said, all that money that you have out there, you're essentially taking food off of our family's plates by having that money out there. We can't do the things that we want because you have loaned money to clients. And so that really hit home with me and I stopped it. The other thing to keep in mind with this is if you're doing it with individuals or whomever, what if that individual gets sick or gets COVID or God forbid dies? You have no recourse to go collect that money. You're just not going to get it. Keep that in mind when you're deciding to be the bank. Like Chris said, we're, we're not banks. We fix cars. The bank doesn't fix cars, so we shouldn't loan money. Exactly. (laughs) And honestly, most other small businesses, like most of these fleet companies and whatever, they should be running it on a credit card, all the different processes and procedures for that. But all of us small business owners, we have credit cards that we use in the business so that we can get our points, our travel points and everything else on. Mm -hmm. And you tell them if they want credit, get a credit card. If they just use it for you, then that's fine, whatever they want to do. But yeah, we're just not doing that. And not to go too deep into fleets. You don't want all the fleets. You just want the good fleet business. And the good fleet business are the ones that pay their bill on time. And then also set up your pay structure or your discount structure for them, depending on how they pay. Anyway. Yeah. At my shop, if the majority of our fleets that we run now, they pay when they pick up. Right. They just have a, they have a company credit card. The only ones that don't is if they are allowing a fleet management company, ARI or Element, 
or right. somebody like that to manage their fleet and you're going to get paid on that. It just so that's pretty yeah. good. Do you have anything or did you have anything else you wanted to bring up before we? I do. Um, okay. I do. We're one other thing too is some of you owners out there may be, of course, trying to hire technicians. This gentleman is right now trying to hire a technician, but he hasn't done it in a couple of years. We're helping him right now navigate that because there's different processes to go about that won't cost the shop a ton of money and you can still get some good candidates. He just wasn't familiar. He hasn't done that in a while. So I walked him through that process actually last week. He started looking right now. He has an instance where one of his technicians wants to go part-time. So we're going to hire a new full-time technician in, in place of him. So we're working on that right now. But just going through that online process, if you haven't done that in a little while, we're happy to help with that kind of stuff. At least point you in the right direction, tell you how to set up an account, those kind of things. And then if we get real deep in and we, we need to find us an A-level technician, we have resources for those also. And even if you're not a client, if you're just looking for a technician and want some more information that you can shoot me an email, chris at autofixsos.com and I can share you, share with you what we're doing. So anything else that you're working on or like we talked about some of the stuff that got you here, like what's next on your radar with him or kind of what are some of the new things you're going to be working on? So we're still, we're going to heavily concentrate on our build hours. That is something that we've got to accomplish that. We've got some goals. And we work through things as far as efficiency ideas at the shop that can help create more build hours. We've made some changes within the shop. If you shop owners out there want some ideas on how to make the internals of your shop more efficient, we have those. We can come up with ideas. You send me a video of your shop and I can probably give you 10 ideas on how to make it more efficient. So that's one of the things that I focus on. My clients love it. This gentleman here, we changed. We went to a few months ago, four or five months ago, we went to bulk oil in his shop instead of by the court. Things like that. And what was nice is before they delivered the bulk oil tanks, we had a conversation. Where do we want to put these? Where do we want to put these so we can minimize the number of steps for each technician to get to back to the vehicle with the oil in hand? Yeah. And if you're going from using quart oil, you know, it's going to save you money in bulk or actually it's going to save you money, but it'll make your margins a little bit better. There are also deals with different oil programs to where you get money back and some backside money. So there's a lot of stuff that you can do with that. I forgot that they were using that and that you would switch them over to bulk oil tanks and everything. Mm -hmm. And Brent has a smaller shop, four bays, three technicians. They do phenomenal numbers and he has leaned into the lean process quite a bit and has done great things with this shop, making it more efficient, more productive. Any final thoughts? I just want the smaller shops out there to know that you don't have to be a great big shop to do really good numbers. I have a shop that's, like Chris has said, it's four base, three technicians. We run two service advisors and myself, and I'm hands off several days of the week. But you can run a very efficient shop. You can have good people, retain good people, and pay really well. Just if you get all your processes down. Right. You know, and you can have a great life. You don't have to have two, three, four, five shops. You can have one really great shop 
and do great things for it and have a huge impact on the community, have a huge impact on your employees and take several days off a week and then coach other shops to get like where they are, like Coach Brandt. Yeah, just if you want to grow, you don't always have to get another shop, but you can just grow the shop that you have. That's what I've chosen to do. I just figure I'm not opposed to multiple shops as an owner by any means. There are some great guys that do fabulous jobs with that. But I just always looked at it as, boy, that's just a lot more headaches. Right. Yeah. You got more rents. You got more people to watch. And let's face it. One of the things that we do, like when I'm talking to shop owners, is I go through and look at what they're doing versus what their shop's built to do. And most people are way underperforming what their shop's built to do. If you look at bay utilization, things like that, most shop owners that have a $400,000, dollars a year shop, or excuse me, that's the numbers they're doing, their shop's actually built to do $2 million a year. And that's just open five days a week with three, four technicians. And then, so it's up to you to figure out how to get it from there to there. And if you do it properly, the sky's the limit on what it can provide for you, your family, and again, for the people that work for you. I agree. Awesome. So thanks, Brent. I know you got things to do. We'll get off of here and let you go. You have a great day. Thanks everybody for listening. And uh, we'll close it out from here. So I truly believe in the power of knowledge and collaboration to drive success. And I trust that the insights we've shared today can empower you to take your auto repair business to the next level. We're incredibly grateful for all of our listeners. Your commitment to learning, growth, and improvement is what keeps us doing what we do. And we never forget that. We also want to thank our incredible sponsor, Shop Marketing Pros, for making the show possible. Their dedication to the success of independent auto repair shops like yours is truly unparalleled. Shop Marketing Pros provides top-tier marketing for top-tier shops just like yours. Remember, success doesn't come to you. You have to go out and get it. It's about making strategic decisions, fostering effective management, and continuously seeking to educate yourself and your team. That's what the Weekly Blitz is all about, and we're committed to being a resource for you every step of the way. Join us next week as we continue to provide actionable insights, expert advice, and real-world stories from the trenches of the auto repair industry. Don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with fellow shop owners, and leave us a review if you enjoyed today's episode. As always, if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle in an upcoming episode, please get in touch. Chris at autofixsos.com. Your input is what shapes this show. Until next time, I'm Chris Cotton and Brent signing off. Keep your gears running smoothly. Keep learning and keep growing. Remember, in this business, every day is a chance to get better. Here's to your continued success. As always, it's time to rise and grind. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the AftermarketRadioNetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarket.